Three, two, one, clap. It'll, yeah, perfect, perfect. <laughs> Great. I feel like I'm watching the Bulgari ad. <laughs> we got to talk about it. We haven't talked about it yet. Oh, we have I, I also, right. uh, thanks to last night's screening, I have a very fun anecdote about that. Sure, okay, great. Who was incredibly polite. Like, Turner husband came in, they were like, are these seats available? I was like, yeah, I'm not taking them. She's like, oh my God, thank you so much. I was like, I didn't do this, but okay. Very, very sweet. Tried to clap along to the ad, could not find the beat. That's very funny. <laughs> it was so endearing. Funny. Yeah, and it's yeah. something about that does feel apt for the fact that it was glass sure. onion, just like sure. the oh, nicest yeah. woman who could not find a beat. Mm-hmm. That's very uh, funny. All right. Well, welcome to Can I Kick It? Uh, this is a podcast about film festivals. Uh, this is our third dispatch. Uh, on the Toronto International Film Festival. My name is Jesse Catherine Weber. I'm joined by... Colin Atchley. And we are also joined by critics Anna Swanson and Meg Shields. Thank you both for being here. Thank you for having having us. (laughs) Almost in unison. (laughs) (laughs) Next year, we'll say it at the same time. We'll count down, say it at the same time. Uh All right. Uh, I don't know. Do we just want to start at Fablemans? We've talked about it sure. a little bit already, yeah. but it's the. It's I mean, I have his choice. It's a good. Yeah, place to I did. Start. It did. Did, did you is, talk about that? No, it happened. I think right after sure. our we finished our previous recording. So yeah, people's choices. Uh, Fablemans and then Women Talking and Glass Onion are the runners mm-hmm. up. So we got a new uh, Sean Mendes Changemaker Award winner we as well. Do. Uh, don't remember what it was already. No, I remember it being a movie I'd heard wasn't very good. <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, Fablements. Yeah, sometimes the broken clock is right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have nothing to contribute here. <laughs> Something you said last night is what the movie was called that won the Sean Mendes okay. Changemaker Award. Great. Um, it was part of the Next Wave or whatever. Um, but yes, Fablements. What do we all think of the Fablemans? Only you and I have seen it, I think, of this group, Anna. Oh, okay. Well, I'm all happy to talk about it. Uh, yeah. I loved it. I thought it was great. I like Anna. My mom texted me this morning to congratulate you for the Fablemans winning People's Choice <laughs> because you funny. posted about it. You posted about it on Instagram. My mom said, "Tell Anna that I, I good for her." <laughs> on behalf of Steven Spielberg, yeah. I will accept this award. Um, no, I think it's great. I think it's like. I'm not surprised at one because I think it obviously has that crowd pleasing thing. It's a movie about movies and like people love that. And I don't know. I feel like it's a cliche to kind of like talk about like, Oh, it's a love letter to cinema, but it's also like people rag on it. But I think it's one of those things where if it's done well, it can be great. If it's done poorly, it can suck. You can say the same about any topic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If it's done poorly, it's Empire of Light two thousand. Cool. <laughs> yeah, Gosh, I guess we'll get to that at some point. <laughs> um, 
But yeah. More like a hate letter to cinema. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ew. Oh, we'll talk about Lars von Trier later. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it is like the thing, because uh, I saw it on Sunday morning, the 11th. Um, and when I, cause I was yeah, going too. from like screen to screening, yeah. uh, at, uh, Roy Thompson or, uh, no, I saw it, um, press screening. Wait, no, oh, it was okay, sure, Saturday. Sure. Was it Saturday? Sunday morning. I, they did, yeah, they did, yeah. they did like early ones I on can't Sunday. Tell time. Yeah. But was, I saw it, it I in had, the morning um, at 8 a.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, um, our other co-host Emilio is that one. Um, but, uh, and like the trailer had come out that day, I guess, cause it was after the first premiere the night before and i didn't see the trailer until after i saw the movie and i was like oh no this trailer is so bad and then like obviously having the hindsight of like we've seen the movie i'm i keep telling everyone i'm like that's just like the first 10 minutes of the movie it's not really like emblematic of what happens in it uh you got to give it a chance and uh i mean yeah i love it also i uh found room in my schedule to see it a second time before i left toronto and I just think it is incredible. He's got the he's got the goods ten times over. I think the kid playing Spielberg is so good. Like maybe my surpri- surprise like best performance of the festival. I really love um, Dano's Paul Dano's performance as well. I think it the whole movie sort of gets at this thing of like it is a sort of love letter to cinema and comes with all the schmaltz of like Spielberg and Tony Kushner, but then also. It is, like, this very melancholy movie about, like, your parents not being in love with each other and, like, them going through a divorce as you're growing up. And I think it sort of handles everything really well, especially the movie-making side of it, where it's, like, this kid in the movie gets to be, like, quote-unquote, the best filmmaker ever because Spielberg is, like, working through him. And it's, like, I'm sure his war movie that he made when he was a kid looked cool for a kid it probably doesn't look as like gorgeous as you know Janusz Kaminski's letting it look here but I mean the whole thing is it's like it's just so enjoyable and it is like you're saying Anna like a great crowd pleaser I remember there's like a big moment near the end of the movie where this bully's sort of confronting him and he's like don't tell anyone that I like got emotional or whatever. And he's like, I won't, I won't unless I make a movie about it. And like the crowd yeah. ab- erupts in applause. Uh, and it's that like, obviously, down the house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're like seeing it in an environment that is very susceptible to like movie references. And especially like the, um, the energy of like how it, you know, idolizes Ford at the end. It's like these huge moments, like David Lynch got a huge applause break when he shows up. And uh, it's just the sort of thing that is playing to a specific crowd, but it's playing perfectly. And I think, like, the people who would like it will like it, if that makes any sense. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it, like you said, I think this is going to do amazingly well with the crowd. But I also think that as much as it is playing to that side of crowd-pleasing stuff, I think it's going to be very easy for people to assume that this is just, like, about the magic of movies and, like, nostalgia bait. And I think both when it comes to, like, the family dynamic stuff and also even just the filmmaking and what film means to him, I think it's more thoughtful than a lot of people are going to give it credit for. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. It's, like, we have a very fun popcorn movie that people are going to like and that's going to win, like, you know, popular awards and sure. it also rules. So yeah. if this is it for the year. I'm I'm very content if this is like our emerging best picture frontrunner, if this is like sure. a big movie of the year. We can and have done a lot worse. So Yes, 100%. Like I have yeah. nothing to complain about for once. Yeah. 
I do. I, I know that when we talked about it earlier, Jesse, you were sort of uh, anti us going super, super spoilery. What is the sort of oh, rule no, here? I don't. I I think. I mean, you know, just like what would you? I don't particularly care. It's just like what would sure. you want to hear if you hadn't sure, seen sure. the movie? I mean, I I'll just say that I think um, b- before it was coming out, um, or before it, it had come out, uh, we were just talking about it like friends of like how excited we were that Williams was working with spielberg again and like i was like just in my head like the score is gonna be incredible and it is it's there's like it's a very comforting score i think there's a lot of uh great moments but also it's a great like soundtrack movie because uh michelle williams is like playing a classical pianist and there's all these moments especially these huge like devastating moments where they're playing I don't remember what it is. It's the box song from Undine, but they're playing it as he's like editing footage together, finding out that like something sad is happening to his family. And it is like a crazy devastating scene. And it just, the music on top of everything really makes it sing. And I think it's like a very smart, uh, deployment of that. Like those songs, there's a great, like Eric Satie moment, uh, after Michelle Williams, mom dies, and, uh, I mean, it's just, there's so many great little moments. It's a very, like, uh, not sketchy, but there's just, like, a lot of, like, great bits. It's, like, bit after bit after bit. And, uh, obviously there's a greater cohesion to it than I'm, like, giving it credit for right now. But it is just, like you're saying, an incredibly enjoyable, like, popcorn movie, mm-hmm. basically. But just, like, plus, because it's got all this great stuff going for it. Yeah. Absolutely. And like genuinely funny. So and, funny. And playful without, you know, losing the sincerity and, you know, thoughtful without being too self-serious. Like, I just think it's, it strikes this perfect middle yeah. place where if it had veered too far in one direction, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have worked. And I just, yeah, I think it coheres really beautifully. Yeah, agree. A hundred percent. What should we move on to? Uh... Do we want to talk a little bit about Empire of Light? I saw it. Sure. I didn't see it. It's so bad. It was like <laughs> we, me and uh, co-host Emilio, uh, were staying sort of far away from like the Festival Street area. So we tried to get a lift Monday morning. It was like the first day that it like rained. So it was like impossible to get a lift. We missed our morning screenings. He was supposed to see Wendell and Wild, and I was supposed to see... Catherine called birdie and instead we got there and we're like the only thing that's playing right now <laughs> is empire of light should we go see it and we were like yeah i guess it'd be funny if we saw it and didn't tell jesse or andy until we recorded and then it was just like so bad that we had to talk about it and spilled the beans but it's truly i think like it's like remarkably bad considering the talent behind it like, sure yeah like atticus ross trent reznor doing the score fucking deacons behind the camera like Mendes isn't an idiot, but like he made yeah. it, he made it a, a movie that takes two hours to say what Nicole Kidman and AMC take a minute to say. <laughs> sure. Like it is, and it's not even about the movies. Like the no. film is pitched theoretically as like the movies. It could have been set in a hot dog stand. Like uh, yeah, it's so, <laughs> it's so incidental to what the movie's actually about, which is like Olivia Coleman being horny and mentally ill, which you think would be interesting, and yet. 
No. Yeah. I do want a movie now um, called Empire of Light about a hot dog stand. Because yeah. <laughs> that's be... been me on like a night out where I'm just like, oh, I want, I want a hot dog. Empire of well, Light. There she is. Yeah, just gl- glowing. And it's just like so yeah, the glow. obvious that Mendy's was just like, what happened in the last year? I guess the Black Lives Matter movement happened. Yeah. And people kind of worried about the existential future of movie theaters. I'll just make those two things kind of related to this other thing. Yeah. It's just like so lazy. Like I kind of respect, like we'll get to it, I guess, but like Glass Onion being like, let's go to Greece. Like, I love that. Where I, or like respect it at least, where it's like, yeah, if you're going to make your COVID vacation movie, go somewhere fun. But like, where are they in Empire of Light? Like Bath? Or, yeah, like, it's like very England? like dark like, and dreary England. Like it looks like shit where I'm like, why would you make your like lazy COVID film in like a cloud? <laughs> like, yeah, next to like a cold beach. Um, yeah. Anyway, what a weird movie. Yeah, I thought it was like when we were watching it, I was like, this is just, like, really boring. Because, like, a lot of it in the first yeah, chunk is just, like, boring. here's how the movie theater works, and, like, here's all these dynamics that get the new worker. But it's not even, like, here's how the movie theater sure, works, yeah. and it's for the magic of movies. It's literally, like, here's the order of operations in the org chart. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, so... yeah, it is, like... Oh, it's so bad. And, I mean, and then there's, like, the stuff with her, like, having an affair with Colin Firth that's just, like, so undercooked. And then, like, it, like you're saying, the sort of uh, I guess like political messaging of it and like its relationship to its black character is so like embarrassing and like basically yep. evil I think to just like shoehorn that in like right at the very end and then especially I think the way that it uh treats Coleman's character is really like sour and uh I, I left the theater like pretty mad but then also the crazy thing happened at our screening where the movie, like, I keep saying this to everyone, the movie ends, Toby Jones is in the projection booth, and he, like, turns the light off, screen goes black, and then there's, like, 15 more minutes of movie where it's like, we don't need this, Sam, don't do this to us. And we could yeah. hear, like, everyone in the theater go, like, ugh, and, like, sit back down, <laughs> just, like, the collective noise of, like, seats being filled again, like, of people ready to stand up, and then, like, sighing back into their position, and it was I mean, crazy. It, also does, it does the magic of movies thing, where it's, like, gaze upon a film that you'd rather be watching and i think it's like being there it's I'm being like, yeah, there, yeah. I'd, i would rather be yeah. there. <laughs> i'd rather be anywhere yeah. but it's watching empire of light sam mendes made being there chuggy was my uh, review out of the theater <laughs> um but yeah it's really and then like there's a scene where she's like getting into the specials or some like punky band like that and she's like it's actually really good to have like the black kids and the white kids together i get it now while he's like in the hospital bed after being beaten by these white supremacists and it's like what are you doing what do you think this is for yeah no it's like impressively bad yeah and then i mean yeah like you mentioned like deacons and Reznor and ross i think they're both uh i think what i said was like uh reliable but ultimately unremarkable where it's like oh, yeah they, like, it looks got the nice paycheck. like, like yeah. they're above their pay grade just because it's them but they're definitely not trying which i yeah. respect but yeah really really sour movie uh what else have we seen i do do you two want to just talk about glass onion a little i don't sure, think sure. either of us have seen it no i've not seen that one curious and i are pretty divided on this okay. like i i I don't mind it as much as she does. I'm pretty sure Anna thinks it's a war crime. <laughs> I don't know. I don't um, think it's like that bad. I think it's okay. kind of like the. It's first hard to one. tell from your tweets. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> I. Well, it's when just you... I. 
I don't know. I think kind of like the first it's, one. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. It's not good. <laughs> I, and I hate the first one. I just hate this one a lot less. <laughs> like, sure. I feel um, like I've heard that a lot. That yeah. Are, like, it's better than the first one. Like on either side but of like, like, I like the first I one. I want to be clear that, like that that's like not a huge compliment. Sure, like, sure. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. Like the bar was very, very low. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I feel like with Knives Out, it was like, yeah, that's fine. Like, it's like, I was like, all right, like, cool. And then it became like such a huge thing that it was like, oh, it's getting a sequel. And I was like, uh, okay, like, like, fine. Like, I don't know. I, as much as I like, just don't particularly care. I can also imagine like a world where if these movies had came out when I was like nine, I would have been very into them because they're like a fun murder mystery that's like appropriate for kids. And I probably would have enjoyed them. So yeah. it's like, I'm like, yeah, like this is for someone. It's just unfortunate that well, apparently how, like, a lot of people who I would think uh, <laughs> would see through certain things about it were bowled over by twists. Like, I just kind of, really? like, I don't know. I don't think, you know, Name you names, have to necessarily fool <laughs> yeah. every person in the audience. But there were, like, when I was watching it, there were, like, gasps in the audience that I was like, that's that's a reveal? That's a reveal. That's really I mean, funny. Not to, like, give it away, but, like, the third act, like, thematic reveal of Knives Out, it's like, man, this is dumb. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's one of those things where it kind of seems like you're, like, having your cake and eating it, too, where it's, like, you, like, you've made something that's not really that intricate or complicated, and then you just call that out yourself, so that's what makes it good. I don't know. I don't think it makes it. I don't think it makes it good. But in like the sliding scale of like evilness when it comes to lampshading, <laughs> like I had seen Bros earlier where the lampshading <laughs> like actually turned me like radicalized me. I was so angry. I thought you um, liked Bros for like five seconds, and then I like my my brain came back, and I was like, oh no, that was an act of terrorism. <laughs> um, well, just there's lampshading in in Bros where um, Billy Eichner's character is like. Uh, you know, the, the the queers haven't made any art for the queers, uh, but I'm gonna change that. And I'm like, and then like the meta text is like, and this movie's gonna change that. And I'm like, yeah, okay, well, are you gonna talk about how your director is, you know, a cis white straight guy? Like, no, yeah. we're not gonna, we're not gonna completely lampshade. Um, uh, and just, anyway, I just, I really, the the lampshading in Bros left really sour taste in my mouth. For and and then because of the kind of populist theme that ran throughout this year's tip a lot of that kind of like whatever even just empire of light being like cinema's important or like racism's bad like yeah. i just by the time i got to glass on you and the lamp shading was like this is very stupid i'm like yeah like at least you're right <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like like at least you're not like trying to be something you're not or whatever you're calling it like it is and it's, it is dumb you're right um uh, yeah i don't yeah, know but i'm like I, I don't know. never like so ever not- gonna th- Oh, it's extremely cynical. Like I, I, this this movie did not make me a better person. I, it's, uh, whatever. People will watch it on an airplane and never think of it again. It's fine. But th- but that's not the case. But like the first one was a hit. People were yeah. like loving it. That's why it got a sequel greenlit. This is going to be a third, I think. That's yeah, they paid yeah. like a like, billion and that's dollars. Kind of, yeah, I like, feel like, like it's this just is not I like a movie really... that disappears into the ether. It is. I know. Like I think it's just that I really impact. hated the first one. Like I yeah, hated I mean the first one. So like for me, it's it's like a. a <laughs> like, I feel like the first one. It's. Obviously, it was sort of a sensation at that tiff that it was at, and like, right. Um, it was it, when it came out. It was a 
big hit, but then also it's part of that group of movies from late 2019 that it was like, well, there's no new movies for like a year. So we're all just going to talk about these five movies. And like those one shot to the top of like, if you look at letterbox still, like I feel like knives out is like top 10 rated all time or something like that. And it's just like, I also don't really like knives out. I wasn't really excited. I'm not super juiced up to see the sequel. Um, but I do feel like unless it, it does something like really, Dumb. I feel like the stands will still have their day. <laughs> they'll yeah. they'll be pleased. Right. Well, it's like fine. It's like yeah. a yeah, yeah. film, and sometimes that's exactly what you need. And yeah. I mean, I, it's I, not I think... trying to bat above. It's not trying to like. How, what I'm, what analogy am I looking for here? It's not trying to pretend to. There's only like one moment where it pretends like it's doing something, and it's like sure. egregious and should go to jail for that <laughs> moment. There's like a literal break for laughter and like no no no. Um, but like compared to the first Knives Out where it was like very preachy and yeah. clumsy and awkward in that way, like I appreciated that this one was like, let's just be stupid. True, true. <laughs> like, That's funny. I, I feel like it's kind of on par. Like, I don't know. I think for me, I, and I think my correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like we both had that experience with the first one. We were like, watched it and we were like, all right, yeah, it was a decent time. Three stars, fine, let's move on. And then everyone was like, this yeah. is the best movie. And we're uh-huh. like, huh. And this one, I don't yeah. know, I think it, it I, I think, I don't know, there was just like a moment where it's just, if if you have seen a murder mystery, you kind of just have certain things where you're like, that that's something to pay attention to. If you're like, I don't know, I can't shut off the part of my brain that like wants to solve these things. So I'm just like, oh, like mm-hmm. I'll pay attention to that. And there's a moment where it literally shows something that is very significant. And I'm like, hey, that happened. And then it, it's not even like you put two and two together. It's more just like two is on screen. And I was like, hey, that's a number. And then an hour later, Daniel Craig is like, two is a number. And people next to me are gasping. And I'm like, were you, like, genuinely, were you not paying attention? Like, it's just... The Glass Onion definitely, like, counts on its audience being morons, which, like... That's what I kind of and, take and, issue with, is that, like, and, and tip, it's not a tip public screening, yeah, they're going to be dumb. <laughs> and, and, but, like, Anna, you're, you're, you're asking, you're asking, the, like, Ryan Johnson... common denominator. <laughs> but, Anna, you're asking this movie to be something it isn't, and the movie literally tells you that it's stupid multiple times. Right, mm-hmm. but I just, I, here's the thing. I don't think it needs to be, like, intricately plotted, like... You know, I, this is not a fucking John le Carré adaptation. I'm not expecting this to, like, baffle me. But I just think it should be, like, complex or at least, like, funny. Or at least like, <laughs> yeah. characters that I like watching. Or, like, something. And it's just all of these, like, half things where it's, like, half an interesting murder plot. Less than half of a comedy half of like interesting characters like it's just it's not doing anything fully to make it worth watching to me where i'm just like like why am i here for two and a half hours like i mean this this was like not a movie made for us like this was made for barbara from idaho like to tell her friends that she's i don't even think you can give it that credit because this is a murder mystery Like, this, I love these movies. I love The Last of Sheila. I love Agatha Christie adaptations. Like, I, I will watch Daniel Craig read the, like, like the yellow pages. Like, yeah. I, this should be up my alley. But it just, it, it's, I don't know. 
It's, yeah. No, because it's dumb. <laughs> like, yeah. it's Last of Sheila, but dumb. It's literally... in Idaho is so evil. <laughs> <laughs> this one's for the flyovers. Like, literally at the director Q&A, Ryan Johnson is like, I always start watching murder mysteries and I think I'm going to solve them. And then I just give up and I treat it like a roller coaster instead of a puzzle. And if you understand Glass Onion that way, that he's like not concocting something that like has you there with your notebook, that he's just like strap in, I'm going to throw things at you for two hours. Like then it all kind of makes more sense for you're like, oh, you're treating them like children at Disneyland, not sure. like adults. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I think my issue is I just like, I, I think even Brenda in Idaho deserves a good movie. <laughs> oh, like I just think she's the target audience. audience. She does play deserve to better. the lowest common denominator. I think yeah. you know. I don't know. I almost wonder if Glass Onion is a Last Night in Soho moment for Ryan Johnson, where it's like maybe someone needs to take his budget away from him. Like, I mean, I feel... you know what I mean? Where it's like maybe we don't let him like take his pals to a Greek island during COVID for like a couple months. Maybe, like, but like do whatever. Last Jedi already is... backed the truck up. Well, that's also true. But also, like Last Jedi is just good, whereas like none of the high budget Edgar Wright movies are good. I don't think. I sure. do feel like this 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 smacked more of a blank check with minimal sure. oversight, where he sure. he just like was given a billion dollars and told to fuck mm-hmm. off, like. He either needs, like, way more producers leaning over his shoulder sure. telling him to stop, or he needs less money. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I can contribute here, because my... <laughs> the, the the most generous I can be is that I think Last Jedi is decent, and uh, sure. Edgar Wright's budget should be zero. Yeah. I haven't really liked there. his stuff. No, like, Edgar, Edgar Wright should have to, like, sell lemonade on the side of the street to fund his movies. Yeah. 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 Uh, Even then, I'm not buying a glass. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sure I'm sure he's a very nice man. Scott Pilgrim is a net bad. Oh, yeah. Like, just yeah. the damage that did to, to Toronto. The culture. The oh, sure, I guess so, it. yeah. The local sort of shame. Well, it's just, it's just an, I don't know, I just find him stuff often annoying. Like, it's Yeah, just, I mean, yeah. You know what? It's not for me. And I, I know that. I think and he I, should, he I should be allowed... Of, he should be allowed to sell lemonade as long as he only makes things like don't like fake trailers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let him make, let like him make all fake trailers. He should be allowed to do. I mean, <laughs> the issue is that I did just buy lemonade from a little girl yesterday, uh, and uh, it truly was just a great well, disguise. it truly was just sugar water, and I do think that is what would happen if you bought lemonade from you it. You're right. He wouldn't be able to make a lemonade. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's like I mean, what was last night in Soho if not sugar water? Uh, yeah. yeah, he's like, yeah. I forgot the fucking lemons again. <laughs> How do I do this? He's um, too nice to add anything acidic. Yeah, exactly. He's too nice to yeah. give you anything bitter. That's so. I mean, I do, I do think that metaphor carries over to Ryan Johnson too, where I think like he's. It's just a little sweetie pie. Can't make a oh, murder mystery. I'd yeah. love to like have a beer with Ryan Johnson and talk about like yeah. all the movies that we both love. Um, I just, I don't know. I just <laughs> truly so saying people that... are smarter. You know, just like if you just push Anna, it a little you, bit. Have more. you um have you considered that maybe people aren't as smart as you think well, they are? No, but but. Like, I, I know, know you want to see the good yeah, well, in people, yes, we but, know like... that they're not. But, like, they're not going to get smarter if you don't push them. I don't know. I also just think it's not about, like, you know, audiences are dumb, I'm smart. I think it's also just, like, 
like, it's a murder mystery. Like, I just feel like half the fun to me of coming up with a murder mystery plot and getting to put that movie together would be coming up with something very intricate and, and yeah. detailed and getting to figure all of those things out. That's what I would enjoy about it. So maybe we just like have different approaches to what this does. Where like he wants a roller coaster, I yes, want to sit there like, with my yeah. red string connecting stuff. No. Like, I don't know. Maybe this is just not a murder mystery for me. No, it's for Barbara from Ohio who has yeah, who's uh, like the best lemon I ever had, and it's just simple syrup. <laughs> yeah. That's I also great. I will say I do think just like on all of the like COVID jokes in uh, Glass Onion, I think just fell extremely flat. And I just oh, don't know if a filmmaker has, like, gotten that right. Actually, I take that back. I actually think uh, Both Sides of the Blade, the Claire Denis, is, like, wow. a very yeah, good COVID good. movie just because it shows people constantly putting on masks, yeah. going somewhere, yeah. sitting down to talk to someone, and then taking them off. And it's like, yes, mm-hmm. that's exactly what people do. Yeah. I will say in the, like, maybe not, like, representing COVID on screen, but, like, this film was clearly made under the whatever duress of the pandemic. I think there were two films this year that like uh, did very well under those constraints uh, without having like the money to go to Greece, mm-hmm. um, which is Sanctuary and Fixation. Mm-hmm. Fixation sure. aggressively shot in Scarborough in an abandoned hospital. <laughs> and like they, they just like bubbled up and shot a movie for a while and, and used the like being trappedness to do really interesting things because they were like we have nothing better to do let's whatever build an insane camera rig yeah and uh and then sanctuary being like two actors mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah one hotel room and mm-hmm. <laughs> list yeah. um like and I, I do think of the two sanctuary i can see people watching in 10 years and not knowing uh-huh. that it yeah, was shot yeah. in a pandemic yeah like fixation is like has pandemic written all over it but i respect it (laughs) yeah yeah well i mean i'm like my issue isn't even like you know single location because again last of sheila like cruise ship minimal cast very happy to have that i'm all for it i mean in some ways arguably like the first knives out probably could have been filmed in a pandemic just because it is again another very single location like yeah they left you know, and they i left like that, that. that's what i like constantly. about these is like those restraints no, they left but the mansion all the time just... <laughs> did they i don't even remember they yes do kind of a lot i feel like but you could probably that's one of the things it. i think last onion did better is i like i think the first one having like a cast of a billion and then them leaving the, the building all the time i was like how what do you want me to do here? Um, I don't even remember that. So maybe I'm misremembering it. But like, yeah. I just think in this one, like all of the humor for that just like really fell flat and like didn't work for me. And I don't know. I just, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, did either of you see Pearl? <laughs> Not yet. No, I didn't. I was, I was supposed to, and uh, uh, may or may not have, uh, given my ticket away <laughs> to my premiere ticket because I was a sleepy little baby. <laughs> There's a lot of COVID stuff in it and it, I don't like it. Um, we don't have to talk about it. There's just like a lot of like her wearing masks and like is nervous it about quarantine. Is it or something? Sorry? Is it because it's a period piece? Right? Well, yeah, I, I, set... they don't ever give it like a full name. I think that's the sort of assumption. I mean, is it right yeah. it's set during the spanish yeah or i think or so some some other I epidemic so but they just they they give it a lot of like people talking about the pandemic and like the virus and it's like wash your hair you were out too long you have to quarantine and it's like 
what are we doing here? I don't want that. Like, this is not the sort of place for it. But also, that movie is just stinky. I do. Um, yeah, I see it. I didn't really care for X, so, like, I don't well, have yeah. super high expectations. But I also, like, I do often like Mia Goth. Like, I think yeah. she's yeah. she's fun. I saw, I saw someone tweet that she should get the uh, Three Women Award for being both Sissy Spacek and Shelley Duvall. And I kind of see it. Like, just in yeah. her mannerisms and how she can play stuff. So... I'm gonna see Pearl. I'll probably see the third one they did. Maxine. Maxine. <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll watch. You know, as we've established, I'll watch anything. But uh, yeah. not going in expecting movie of the year. Mm-hmm. There's um, Mia Goth gets some decent stuff. I guess she co-wrote it with Ty West. I don't know if that's the case for the first one, sure. but um, it's an interesting relationship for them to be like, we'll do this and then we'll do another one and we'll do another one. Um, and she gets like a big juicy monologue at the end. That isn't bad, but, I mean, the movie is just so boring, and it's, like, it's not funny, it's not scary, and I feel like if you're going, like, leaning into pastiche, you should, like, play, like, something up, and then if you're also, a, you know, technically a horror movie, I should be scared <laughs> at some point, <laughs> which I just wasn't at all, and it's, like, a very small cast, like, I met, like, shot under very st- strict, you know, uh, restrictions, like, I, I, I assume... X is a similar case because I've heard that's a very right. small cast as well. Yeah. But it's just like there's like not a lot of killing in it, which I was like, I think I'll see a horror movie. Pearl and X like yeah, at the like, same time, to like basically yeah. like her and Ty West would just like sneak off and be like, we're gonna film our movie now. Like it was yeah. kind of this like separate that's thing, which really is funny. cool. Like I think there's something kind of interesting about that idea of we're gonna release a movie and then surprise, we also filmed an entire prequel for it that comes yeah. out in six months. Mm-hmm. Like. I mean, yeah, it's an interesting yeah, idea. Yeah, if you and can, like, why not? You know, that's I, fun. I respect the swing of it, it but it is also better, just like, but... yeah, it'd be, if I liked it, I'd be so happy. <laughs> yeah. If, if I, I had, had loved it, I'd probably think this was rad and be like, hell yeah, make yeah. five of them, make ten of them. But, um, mm-hmm. hey, I think, someone uh, out there is happy about it, so. Yeah. A friend of ours Good said it, them. but like, the biggest jump scare is the Sam Levinson producer credit. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I do feel like in general the like COVID movies have like striated to like the ones that are like doing it well are at a point where it's like okay this is like actually really interesting and I mean like the the one this year that I think is really good is the Bertrand Bonello film which wasn't at TIFF uh, but hopefully someone will put out eventually uh, Coma but but the ones that don't get it in now are just like come on you don't yeah. have to do this please uh, yeah. i mean like I, I talked about yesterday that manticore is a movie that is already really terrible and then at the end just has the absolute most perfunctory covid stuff and i'm just like jesus i guess it must have just happened at the end of production but like oh yeah, why watch any of these bad movies when you can just watch Sanctuary again? Yeah, yeah, Sanctuary is good. Yeah, Sanctuary is really good. Five out, of, five out of five, so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, that, that movie was... went from being three stars when I thought it was gonna end at like the two point eight act, and then sure. when it actually ends, I was like four, baby. The yeah. ending is so good. I yeah. was like fully oh. won over by the ending. I was like, this is so it's sweet. Uh... Being, like, like spoilies but like Sir Abbott being like yeah like a wife <laughs> yeah it's so funny he's really good mm-hmm. yeah. um oh, that was so yeah that was a, good that was like I was I you know watching the movie I was like this is good I think they're both like good actors I like Chris Abbott a lot I like Quali and they're like getting to do some like 
big broad like especially mm-hmm. quality when she goes like full like angry yelling and it's like obviously the sort of dominatrix plot of it is like fun um and then as it sort of develops and goes on i think like some of the dad stuff is a little weak and like her like channeling the dad in that one scene i was like we don't really need yeah, this when, when i thought it was gonna end with like and now I've resolved my daddy issues. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh man. And then like the actual ending happens and I was like, yeah, yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, I mean, it's just so, it's so good. I I think the sort of um, fully like romantic plot that it mm-hmm. builds in the, yeah. in the end of them, in the elevator, I was like expecting it to like iris in with like a heart shape around them. I, I was, like, would have stood so up and good. applauded yeah. if that mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really, I I wrote about it, but it is, like, a a lot of what Christopher Abbott is doing lately, and, like, even going back to, like, that episode of Girls where he comes back towards the end is, like, this feels like an acting exercise, but it's just, like, written interestingly and constructed interestingly, and he is so good and chooses interesting things, it's just like, yep. I'll just keep watching these things he does. I was looking. I was like, is there another one of these he's doing soon? And uh, in his I mean, upcoming... I fully on intend... I... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I just... I fully intend to double bill piercing and... Oh, I didn't even see that one. I was thinking it, about, the, um, like, Black Bear. It and... It's it's the expanded yeah. Christopher Abbott meets Dominatrix. Oh, sure. <laughs> uh, but then there's, uh, there's one coming up that uh, the premise is... Uh, Christopher Abbott and Mackenzie Davis are on vacation in Europe and uh, Ariana Labed just like wanders into the place where they're staying naked and he's just like, I think we should just hang out with her. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> great. I'll watch that for an hour and yeah. a half. You know, Europe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just love that movies are like, we all want to see you know, Christopher Abbott get the shit beaten out of him, right? We're like, yes, <laughs> that's that is exactly mm-hmm. right. <laughs> Continue. Uh, yeah. <laughs> also, Sanctuary has like an excellent soundtrack. Like, it's, uh-huh. yeah, we're we're just like, there's no ambiguity about what how goofy it is because uh-huh. the soundtrack is just like so bizarre. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also one of the like maybe two or three films I saw at the festival this year that didn't have pacing issues. Like, sure. Yeah. That that was actually like the amount of time it should have been 90 yeah. like mm-hmm. i mean speaking of bro it was the well, longest movie well, i've ever seen a, a, a 90 that like makes sense because like even i liked sisu like the new rare exports film but like i could have made that a 70 minute sure yeah it can always be um, shorter yeah bro, bro bros i would say is the longest movie at the festival except for that triangle of sadness exists sure which, what do you think of triangle of sadness <laughs> Uh, more like triangle badness. No, no way, it's so good. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. It's just it's like it makes it makes the square look subtle, like which is saying something. And like I don't know, it just feels like we've been trying to like get in the afterglow of Parasite a little bit. Where I'm like, I'm like, do you have to say this again? Like I don't know. Sure. It's it's perfectly fine. It's it's crowd pleasing TIFF 2020 baby. Yeah. Like, like give the people something to clap about. But does it need to be two and a half hours? No. No. Yeah. Did not. That was an interesting case where I was, like, uh, in, like, the balcony of Princes of Wales, which is, like, very, like, not a lot of leg room, like, knees against the seat in front of me. Yeah, wait, and, we might have been in the same Sure, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was, like, this is gonna be so long. And then when it ends, I was, like, oh, it's over. This is great. Like, <laughs> perfect. Like, I had no idea that it was, like, taking its time. And, like, I don't like the square. Oh, the woman next to me leaned over at one point and went, 
how long is this movie? <laughs> and I said, there's 15 minutes left. And she went, 50. <laughs> oh, that's really good. Yeah. There was like, someone, no. <laughs> someone in my row, like, get up. She just gets um, up and walks out instead. <laughs> yeah. Someone uh, got up in the row I was in, like, right before they, like, find the thing that they find at the end without getting into spoilers. Sure. Uh, and, Triangle. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they find the triangle. Yeah, the triangle. <laughs> um, and then, like, gets up and leaves to do something. And then, like, the movie ends, like, ten minutes later. And she was like, I missed the ending to her friend. And I was like, <laughs> you should have just stuck it out. Um, mm. But, yeah, I thought, like, I don't like the square really at all. I find that movie oh, see, very like annoying. And this, I thought, it was, like, it's such, like, a basic satire that I'm not, like, it's not, like, a challenging movie at all, I think. And I feel like no, that is a good no. Basic is the for operative him. word. <laughs> yeah, to, like, make it a very just, like, silly, uh, uncomplicated, like, funny movie in my I mean, eyes. the thing is, like, how to say this? Sorry, I'm also so brain dead. Sure, um, yeah. We, yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, like, I think the square, if we're putting that at, like, here in terms of subtlety, this is a visual movie. Sure, yeah, yeah. High. And then, <laughs> well, not even high, just, like, at a certain Sure, level. the, the then, hand like, is at a flat. <laughs> <laughs> and then triangle, solid of eight. Is, <laughs> triangle of sadness is like let's dump things down a bit like yeah. even so it is running circles around something like glass onions sure. quote-unquote satire like it is yeah. stealing its lunch money and like knocking over its milk carton like like it looks like a you know pulitzer winner compared to whatever sure. glass onions trying to say but because i know that he can like you know whatever be a smarty pants or like yeah. not play to the back seats I'm just like, okay, did you have to do that for two and a half hours? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the length, it is uh, it is something to struggle with, I guess. The, I am um, excited, I will say. So I have a sister who gets very, very seasick and sure. um, had like, a, I want to say a comparable episode to what we see represented in the wow. film. I, I really, really want to make her watch this movie and not tell her that it's coming and see if she has like a PTSD war flashback. Sure. I mean, it's pretty gnarly. They just like, there's so much puke and shit in the movie. Um, I do think, uh, I think like Harris Dickinson's really funny in it. He gets like uh, a lot of good moments. I really, I, especially the first segment of him and the actress, uh, Charlie Dean, um, their stuff together of like taking like 40 minutes to argue about who pays the check i thought was very That's the good thing, is like it's all fine it's just because it overseas it's welcome so long <laughs> I, grew, I start resenting it yeah just yeah like, sure. if this was shorter like yeah i mean if it's like 90 minutes <laughs> and it's like Kinda, just ra- like, expends everything it's all that durational comedy stuff. Like, it's not like it's saying new things as time sure, goes yes. on. It's just, like, beating the same drum over and over mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Um, and it's a fun drum to beat. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I have places to be, specifically my broker screening, which was right <laughs> yeah. after <the> <laughs> Yeah, did I see anything after Triangle Status? I don't remember. I had to, like, haul ass down the street to get to broker. And yeah. I was, like, drenched in sweat. <laughs> just like. Oh, yeah, I, I saw a VHS 99 that night. Um, which is <laughs> i guess it's good i don't know what to expect oh, from a vhs movie i've only seen the first one and don't really remember it i was like it's not for me but it seems like they did everything right <laughs> i'm a pretty big horror anthology apologist like especially compared to anna and i i uh, hate them I, <laughs> sure, sure. I like the thrill of like 
the pachinko chip of it all of like maybe one will be really good this time. Yeah. Um, but and like See, maybe that's the is. difference between the two of us is that like in a horror <laughs> anthology, I'm like only one was good, and you're like one was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then from everything I've heard, there no such goodness in it. Yeah, it's like. Time. It's all pretty flat. I remember the VHS. I think I saw the first one only whenever it came out. And I was like, I don't have any strong memories of it. Um, but this, I mean, it's like, I feel like I have like giving it points because it's like a lot of it is like practical, which is something you don't see, <laughs> especially like. They're, the VHS uh, anthologies always do a fun job of like giving their directors like exercises. Like it sure. very much feels like an end of semester, like. <laughs> here are the graduates like, yeah. like we we made like each of them had to shoot on a different type of camcorder yeah <laughs> like, yeah um, vhs uh, five of five obstructions yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they need to like get into flip cameras and like mid-2000s technology um the uh it's it's a weird thing because like every time i describe the sort of segments to someone i'm like these sound good i did not enjoy watching them really because it's like flying lotus directed one about like a game show where there's a creature that gives you a wish at the end and they like kidnap the host yeah, who's played by the guy lotus from is, gta is, 5 flying lotus is just so like taste like like very you like it or you don't sure like, sure yeah like but i don't yeah. know if any of us have been exposed to kuso but like, you know that is absolutely not. not a movie for everybody <laughs> They um, apparently use songs from it in his segment, um, huh. per the credits. But yeah, I mean, there's like some decent stuff in it. There's like a sort of riff on uh, American Pie, like horny teen spying on a webcam where it turns out to be Medusa. <laughs> um, and like, there's uh, there's one about sorority, like hazing, where they lock this girl in a coffin and are pretending to like stomp on it and like make noises and then it rains and floods and crashes in on her. Um, that has like a moment where she opens a box of spiders that scared me. So I was like, I got scared and it was creepy. But also it's just like no one in the movie is really good at acting. Um, and uh, it's like, you know, fake camcorder footage. So it's like just digital with the, you know, like VHS app on your phone tracking over it. And it just doesn't look very good. It's never very exciting. But uh, it was I so loud. I was in the front row and a guy next to me like left like five minutes in. He was like, too loud. And <laughs> just walked out. I was like, okay. Really wow. What a hero. I love that line. You said, no one in the movie is really good at acting. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's hard to give it credit in that regard, certainly. Um, but what else, what else have we well, seen? Well, speaking seen? of Five Obstructions, I do want to hear about The Kingdom Exodus, because I didn't see it. Cause... Okay, but no spoilies. Yeah, no. <laughs> sure. uh, yeah, because I... I didn't see it either. But... <laughs> I could not spoil it even if I wanted to. Like, it's one of those things that like, kind of in that, like, Twin Peaks comparison way where it's just like, mm -hmm. I can't even tell you if this is, like, a third chronology, like, what world this exists in. Uh -huh. Like, it's just, I don't know. I loved it. I thought it was great. I'm super eager to see the next three episodes. Mm -hmm. um, but I think at the Q&A, like, someone kind of asked a question that was basically, like, um, I think it was, like, a Danish person who asked, like, when Von Trier was writing this one, like, did he have, like, a Danish audience in mind? Because that was, like, the original three seasons were, like, Danish uh -huh. TV. And so he was asking, like, did he sort of have a Danish audience in mind? Did he have a more uh, global audience in mind? Like, what sort of audience was Von Trier writing for? And his producer was there 
to answer questions and she just goes i don't think lars thinks about the audience (laughs) (laughs) and i think that's kind of the key of it is that it's just he's gonna do what he wants to do and i think it's great i think that the kingdom like as a whole interesting... i'm so excited for the restoration to hit movie yeah because yeah. i just think people are going to discover this they're going to get to watch it it's so funny and i like i cannot overstate how much i was surprised by <laughs> not just that it's funny because all of his stuff is very funny mm-hmm. but there are parts especially in the second season and parts of the third from what i've seen but that are straight up like slapstick like sitcom level like austin powers jokes like actually it's and it's so funny um and yeah just an incredible cast like there's someone who's no spoilers but there's someone who's in the credits for the third season who has not shown up yet um but it's going to be very exciting when they do there's also appearances from some von trier regulars um Mm including one who may or may not be some sort of animal. Like, I can't spoil this because wow. I don't know what's going on. But it's it's awesome. And I can't wait to see the rest of it. Yeah, I'm yeah, also... It feels like such an interesting counterpoint to, like, what we were just saying. Like, it felt like so many of the quote-unquote big movies at TIFF were so transparent about being for certain audiences. <laughs> and then Von Trier being like, fuck you, I make whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm dying, suck my dick. <laughs> like, I, I feel like... <laughs> Uh, I feel like it's so stark how a lot of the films that we disliked or feel like meh or mid about were are very like obviously meant to be crowd pleasers for specific audiences. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. No. And I and I think and I mean like I said like I I don't think Vontour is like writing for the audience, but mm-hmm. at the same time I did so in the first um, two seasons. Part of the show is that at the end, as the credits run there's a moment of Von Trier just directly addressing the camera, talking to the audience, kind of explaining like what's happened, what's to come, that type of thing. And the way that they change that for the third one, I'm not gonna say like what they do, but the way that they sort of do a version of that is like in some ways kind of touching. Like, I don't know, it's something about, I think just like the context of like him having this Parkinson's diagnosis and probably being faced with the question of, what how much time do i have Uh to make movies and it doesn't surprise me in that way that he's going back to the kingdom where it's like he has these two parts and now he gets to do a third um Mm -hmm. because he he works in like trilogies a lot and so Mm -hmm. i don't know i i like there's kind of stuff there that i think if you are a fan of his work and i think anyone who's gonna watch the kingdom is a fan like Uh i just don't think you invest like three seasons worth of tv in a Lars von Trier project, unless you kind yeah. of like what he does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I hope this is not the last thing he does. Yeah. Sure, sure. Uh, what else? We, we haven't it. talked about Movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, go watch I'm no also, movie when it comes out. I don't know I'm what it's going to be, but very, go watch no movie. Very much looking forward to those restorations because I've never yeah. seen it. Uh, we haven't talked about uh banshees of inish iron yet uh which is good mcdonough's back (laughs) yeah yeah he's back baby i loved it i just there was like no real chance that i wouldn't like it just because it's mcdonough back in ireland and it's colin farrell but yeah i loved it i thought it was brilliant i think like it's just what he does best which is i think like writing characters and characters that i think are like 
at times very cynical, but just like have something broken in them, but very mm. deeply funny as well. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know. It's I yeah. I think it's phenomenal. Um, amazing Colin Farrell performance too. Like, so good. Yeah, he's always so good, good, but this is yeah. like. Yeah, it's yeah. It's really I think because I I am a very much uh, not a McDonough fan. We talked about uh, John Michael McDonough's movie Cavalry last week on our show. And I was like, this is okay. I, I don't really like this either. Similarly to how I don't like, uh, I very much despise three billboards and um, have no fond memories of In Bruges, but it's been like a decade minimum since I've seen it. So I owe it a rewatch, especially now having like loved uh, Banshees. And I think like, I keep saying it and it's maybe a bit reductive, but it is to me, it feels like, uh, McDonough like his version of nice core because I'm like it is a pretty bitter movie there's like a lot of like cynicism and like he does write these characters that are funny in like they're pretty you know mean way but there is also like a touch of sweetness like between uh you know Colin Farrell and uh the actress who plays her sister Kelly Condon is that yeah. it or yeah, yeah. Um, Carrie I think Carrie Condon yes excuse me yeah. and um there's like also this like <clears throat> obviously a bit of melancholy to it uh, of how the premise is like Gleason <laughs> is like, I don't want to be your friend anymore because I think you're dull and I have too little time in this life to spend around like people who aren't exciting. And it's like, if that happened to me, I'd be devastated. And yeah. I feel like Farrell accurately portrays the sort of like, but what did I do? Like I, we're friends. We've been friends for so long. And he, he loves his donkey. He loves like, the relationship with him and Barry Keown, I think, is really funny and, like, oddly sweet as well. Mm-hmm. And I think he, I mean, Keown uh, is very good in it. Um, I, I I just feel like, uh, surprisingly, it's, like, no real bad performances. Like, everyone feels, like, in their own, like, caricature e way, they're, like, also there's like a breath of humanity to everything Mm -hmm. that I was like very surprised with. And like, is encouraging me to be like, maybe I should read some of his plays and like go back to his sort of earlier, like more Irish, uh, infused, you know, right. I mean, this is very in line with his first five plays basically. Sure. And then he like goes meta in the way that he starts doing in movies as well. Uh, which works sometimes. Uh, yeah, but I yeah, I read his plays. I should. I, I, because I do quite often like his writing. But yeah, I, I do think sort of in terms of his movies, it has kind of been like, uh, 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 like a, a yeah, downhill yeah. progression, yeah. and then this is kind of like, ooh. But yeah, I would yeah. recommend a rewatch of Bruges. I actually want to do that yeah. myself. I do like it. I like Seven yeah. Psychopaths. If you haven't seen that one, like I think I've not seen that one. I've I've been I told that I wouldn't shot. like it, I but I I should maybe fun. give it a shot. <laughs> very very funny, Christopher Walken. <laughs> Like, I just I, I have yet to watch a McDonald's that I like. So <laughs> yeah. Gonna, uh-huh. Even in Bruges? I don't like in Bruges. Oh, I, I love in Bruges. I Maybe Banshees great, but... will convince you. Yeah. I mean I do think this is definitely his <laughs> mature film. Um by a lot. And yeah, I think it's sweet. I think just yeah, the melancholy of it, I think the the restrained uh aspect that just yeah. comes from the fact that this is set in like a very small community. I think yeah. the way that people uh, treat and feel about animals is very touching mm-hmm. to me. There's very uh-huh. sweet. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, very, very deeply funny. 
often credit to Barry Keegan, who's so yeah. good in this. Um, he kind of reminded me of, like, like I almost want to say, like, an Irish Skylar Gazondo in this, where he shows up, and I'm just sure. like, oh, this little fucker's here and save yeah, the day. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love him. He's just, he's going to bring the goods. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I loved it, and I think just it's such so Irish to me. Like, just yeah, in yeah. terms of this, like, very funny, very melancholy. Um, and I think the way... Like, I do think with McDonough, I think he's best when he's character-focused and not political-focused. And there's a couple moments in this where I'm like, you know, you've contextualized this. We know this is taking place during the Irish Civil War. You can kind Mm -hmm. of pull back on some of the, like, on-the-nose little references where I'm just like, you can, uh like, reel it in, like, 5%, Mark. Like, you just nailed it, you know? Towards the end, there is, like, a little cheeky reference to the the Three Billboards discourse with uh, Gleason and the priest, where he's like, oh, you can't beat the shit out of a cop, what's the point of living? Uh, yeah. Which is, sure, that's fine. It was just, like, nice to see that, like... I mean, it's a good point, you know? Yeah, sure, it, I mean, yeah. It, it, it was nice I... to see, nice to see that, like, Keegan still has it, because, like, his, I mean, he's so good in Sacred Deer, and, like... His last few years have been rough, and his Joker scene. I feel like he's good in um his walk on in Green Knight. Oh, I do. Yeah, I, I yeah, like him. Where again, that. it's like, like the, the little big... fuckers here. What's yeah, yeah. sure. He's the, a but the fucker. Big... there are these actors that are right. little fuckers that right. show up. <laughs> it's just the big stuff he's been doing has been really rough. Like the, yeah. I mean, it, no one's good in Eternals. That's the worst sure, cast yeah. and worst <laughs> acted movie ever, maybe. And then like I, uh, I haven't. His... I will not see that. Uh, it's. <laughs> Yeah, you don't have to. I mean, uh, but the, I have his a limited scene, amount of time on this earth. You know? Yeah, his, <laughs> so long. his Joker scene is also so bad. Of like, oh, oh no, right. there's gonna be a whole movie of this. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he's he can still uh, do it when he is asked to. Yeah, yeah. I also. Folks, I, um, oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, um, I do think it's fun, like, the the cop character in uh, Banshees. Mm -hmm. I do kind of love that if you track the metaphor, what it basically is, is if you're a cop, you might as well be English. Or all cops are British, as I've come to think of it. Which I think is a great detail. That, like, the Mm -hmm. analogy of, like, if you're Irish, but you're a cop, you're English. Which is very funny. That's really good. Yeah. Uh, did either of you two catch Sisu? No. No, I've not seen that one, no. Man. It's a good movie. <laughs> the movie posits that blowing Nazis up for 90 minutes is fun. And sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good time. Did you, did either of you, I'm just listing Midnight Mass. Go, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I can say the answer is no for all of them. Because this, uh, yeah. this was, the, the I mean, Mass. I know some of them had the press screenings at other times, but this was just really the year where I was like, I think it's a more productive use of my time to just be asleep by 11 p.m. every day and then oh, go to an early I press screening. Go, I, I did not go to a... I, I went to all the early press sure, screenings, sure. not to the late. Because yeah. Yeah. I wanted to watch Venus at 8 a.m. That was uh-huh. I saw uh, someone call Venus Sisu um, like an extended version of Hugo Stiglitz's uh, backstory from Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of just like a feature-length <laughs> version of that. I was like, sold. Sure. So. I will it's, see this when it like probably hits Shutter. Like I, I'm looking forward to that. It was we got to watch it on IMAX because that's oh. just where they put us, and it was, it was so fucking sick. <laughs> yeah, it was incredible. Um, yeah, and like I don't know, the whole score is just like 
like different types of um, throat singing and it's just so fucking rad and like the film totally embraces the like it, this isn't a fair comparison but like the Robert Rodriguez school of like look we all know this is fake so the CGI <laughs> is going to get two dollars <laughs> yeah yeah um, um, but yeah it's excellent other than like I'd cut 10 minutes or so like it's yeah. just like such a fun fucking time there's just like some set pieces in that film that like give it rewatchability for me mm-hmm. um that i won't spoil because like they were a delight to see firsthand yeah um, the only midnight menace i caught was the vhs and pearl with pearl they also <laughs> played on that big i think it's like scotia bank 12 which is like the big screen uh-huh. that mm-hmm. they have there and it was like they put up the sign that's like this isn't actually IMAX. It's not made for IMAX, and everyone <laughs> in the crowd was like, "They did that for the like, kingdom." Boo! Too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they yeah they did that for Sisu as well, and everyone went, "Fuck off!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it was also was where I saw EO. Which I did either of you see EO? I know you've seen. No, it, I couldn't get into EO, and it really was a between EO, Triangle of Sadness, and Banshees. I feel like. It was the year of the donkey at Tiffany's. Uh-huh. Well, and also Pearl, there's a donkey. Wow. <laughs> um, None but, of yeah. these donkeys are better than Jenny. I'm just going to call that. Right <laughs> the EO I mean, donkey, he's real. I mean, he there's like EO. seven he's of real, them. Right, there's seven of them. They're they're all real good. We don't have to get into EO now, but that yeah. was a crazy experience uh, in IMAX uh, in my altered state when I went. I was like, <laughs> I've heard this movie looks crazy. I should like have a crazy joint before I see it. And it was insane. I was like dead center IMAX, like leaning back the whole time. Um, <laughs> Did um. Either of you folks catch Godland? I did, yeah. I Godland is. I like that movie. It is like. Oh, the f- I fucking hated it. I was so angry. <laughs> <laughs> well, because well, well, the first, like, there's a clear first half yes. and a second half. And, like, the first half, I was like, excellent, four stars, like, getting my things ready to leave. And then there's, like, a whole other ass movie. And I was like, no! <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, like, that first. I, I, the way I described it is, like, the, the first half is just, like, incredibly boring, but in the good way. What? No! <laughs> oh, I, good boring. I liked it, but it is just, like, nothing happens that first half. And then, yeah, I don't know. I had fun with the second half. The. Oh, I- both no, of the no. both of the actors playing the two daughters, I think, are good. And I don't know. I'm just, like, generally uh, down for a movie. I mean, we talked about, uh, when we were talking about Calvary last year, how, like, usually with a movie, especially uh, about Catholicism, I'm just like, okay, but you don't actually believe this. And this guy, I'm like, oh, yeah, this priest is just such a huge idiot that I'm like, yup. Sure, I buy that this guy buys into this. Uh, I guess my so problem, like, we that. had a director's Q&A after oh, our sure. screening, and, like, people were asking questions, and he was like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And, like, it's very much sounded like, because he made it over 10 years, because there's some, oh, like, sure. um, uh, time-lapse and directional uh-huh. shots that, like, they uh-huh. shot over 10 years. Uh-huh. And it very much sounds That's really like cool. he... Yeah, that's yeah, interesting because sure, he like they're started more interesting than anything recently. in the fucking movie. Um, but like, I'm all for long, slow, durational cinema that like doesn't need to have the most profound thing to say in the world. But like, there was nothing to hold on to in that second half, and like everything in the second half was super predictable. A child could have written it. <laughs> I I don't know. And like when people were asking him questions about you know like what little there was in terms of like content and him being like 
and it was just like okay my guy like you can't take two and a half hours of our time and like i'm all for like i i wasn't on assignment for this i picked it just out of sheer interest Uh because i was like i will happily watch you know two whatever Uh hours of just iceland being iceland Uh but that second half really tried my patience like interesting i don't know first half i loved if it had ended with that guy just dead in the mud Uh it would have been like great i mean but like yeah, uh, yeah. I were you at? I I I didn't have a Q and A because I saw it at a press screening. But I heard that at one of the Q and A's, someone there's this framing device where they're like, "Oh, there's these seven pictures that were found where these priests that these priests." Yeah, took. they asked him. They right. Were like, yeah. Where can we find them? And he was like, just didn't answer the question. Oh no! The there was another screening where someone asked him, <laughs> and he was just like, "Oh yeah, no, I made that up." Uh, which that's funny. I think that it's just like a that's Fargo funny. thing. Uh, yeah, he also just like I don't know he uh, I don't know it just there was like you need to have one thing just like sure give, give us something and like it very much felt like a, a directionless in a way that I didn't that I couldn't empathize with in any way great dog though one of the best dogs of the festival yeah I really mean, good dog in Banshee's dances yeah. with Brendan Gleeson oh yeah that's good <laughs> No, I don't know. Dog. Speaking of uh, directors making the movie worse with their Q and A, did anyone else see How to Build a Pipeline? I did. I or really how to blow wanted, up, how to, I blow wanted up. to see a black, that, blow up. but yeah. Yeah. I conflicted with another one that I had to go to. Yeah, I mean that that was one where I was just like, oh, this is like well constructed and fun, and I don't really know any if I buy any of the politics stuff, and then people started asking him questions at the Q&A, and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, he just has no idea what he's doing, and this movie's about <laughs> nothing. Uh, I need, did, um, I need to see Cam. Yeah, yeah, everyone... Yeah, it's the guy who Yeah, it's him. Cam. Daniel Goldpaper. Oh, like, like, Netflix's... Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think um, that's the weird thing of, like, the guy who made Netflix's Cam is making a movie about uh, anarchist eco-terrorism. Yeah, I mean... Uh, that's like to... based on an academic text uh yeah but yeah that, uh, that movie was like a bit of an odd disappointment even though i did end up liking it yeah it just it had this crazy hype going in which is obviously like not fair to the movie for me to judge it against that but it's also just like i thought it was like a very normal movie <laughs> the sort of um it's like trying to uh imbue like something like night moves with uh, like a Safdie's Ilara energy, right. um, and it isn't entirely successful. I think there's a yeah. few good performances. Um, you, uh, I, I think it looks nice, and it's got like this sort of Bobo one of tricks point never score even. <laughs> um, but then like it ends, and I was like, oh, okay, like sure. Yeah. And I, I, f- I feel like a lot of it uh, is a, is like toothless in a way, which is maybe unfair to it. Like it's it's trying for something certainly. But I don't know how successful it all is. Yeah, no, I mean it. It is a movie that, like, when Neon picked it up, I was like, oh, yeah, of it's course, like, oh, sure, yeah. I mean, because that it's like it didn't have distribution when I saw it, and I was uh-huh. like, this feels like it was like a Hollywood movie. Like it's right, it's very yeah. glitzy. It's very like got a lot of people in it, um, with like a few like sort of unknown actors. Uh-huh. But other than that, I'm just like, yeah, it's like, why isn't this going to be on Netflix next week? Like, yeah. you know, all these other movies. And yeah, it is just kind of like, you're, uh, 
eco-terrorism movie about how we're ruining the environment and need to take some sort of action can't also be like, you're real. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's worth taking a look at and he might eventually just make like good fun movies, but yeah. I mean, one... it's like, it's decent. It's yeah, good. It's I mean, good. It's it moves like... at a clip. Yeah. And like the, the, there's like a framing structure where like anytime something bad happens, they like flashback, flashback. to how the person joined the team and it's like, it <laughs> works, but yeah. Uh, speaking of horrible Q and A's, did you, uh, at my Q and A for women talking, women oh. ask questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was just lost. two hours of women talking, and now there's time for two hours yeah. of women oh. talking. The balance. Oh. <laughs> yeah. uh, did any of you guys catch uh, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed? Best movie of the festival. I did. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I I like it. Uh, Golden Lion winner. It did. I mean, that's the thing is like it won the Golden Lion and it's the centerpiece at New York. And I was like, oh, is she like, is it, is it like doing something new and interesting? And I'm like, uh, no, it's just like a pretty good, a good documentary. Yeah, the, well, the, bar, the bar is a little bit lower this year. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm like, Nan Golden is really interesting. The like, uh, current stuff about uh, the the big pharma stuff. I'm like, some of this is interesting and some of it's not really to me anyway. Oh, I wish there was more stuff about big pharma. Interesting. I thought that was captivating. I get, of her like holding them hostage being like... I, I really like the thing at the end where like part of the settlement is that people from the Sackler family have to just sit and listen to people affected by the opioid epidemic talk for like I two hours. I could have watched... An entire yeah, film of just I would them, yeah, that's like, great. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the gallery stuff. I'm just like, I get that. Like, this is where she could make her mark, and that that's some of what like led to the like actual progress that happened. But I'm also just like, I don't really care. I think it's also like anytime I've talked about this film to like older folks, this that's what they know her from, right? Um, uh, so I'm sure the film felt compelled. To, uh huh foreground that right and like the stuff the stuff that's happening with the um the the thing she's doing in the 90s that she's curating that's really interesting it's the current oh, yeah it's the yeah. current gallery stuff where they're just like we gotta get the sackler's name out of all these galleries where i'm like all right i guess <laughs> you did it you didn't yeah. really do any much of anything else but yeah pretty cool that is this the first documentary to ever win a Golden Lion? Uh, no, because the Gianfranco Rossi has won both a Golden Lion and a Golden Bear. Uh, he did. He's done like a menagerie. Yeah, he's yeah. done like he a bunch of movies crown. about the migration crisis. Uh, I Fire at Sea was one of them. I think. Sure. Yes, I know. Yeah, he, and like Naturno was his most. Oh, he had a movie right. this year at Venice that wasn't in competition that was just like he's taking a break from these very serious movies to just uh play with archival footage of the pope and i'm like all right cool <laughs> uh but yeah i i i don't know if any others have other than those two i can't um, think of any is there anything else uh that you all saw that you want to shout out i know i know you both saw uh corsage <laughs> Oh, I did not see Corsage. Oh, you didn't see? Dipped, sure, sure. I, I, dipped on, I dipped on Corsage. Yeah, I saw it and didn't particularly care for it. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's pretty weak. 
Yeah, <laughs> sauce it, is how what I would say. <laughs> very tedious movie. Um, yeah, there's like a handful of moments where it kind of dips into that like very anachronistic thing where I'm like, mm-hmm. this is kind of interesting and fun and I think plays well to the story you're telling. But that's like ultimately like five minutes worth of stuff in like a two yeah. hour movie. And so it's just kind of like, you know, if you're going to do that, go all the way. Um, yeah. Speaking of director Q&As, that was another one where, like, the director was like, oh, like, you know, I know, like, this is a, like, period piece about this Austrian empress uh, that has anachronistic moments, but I didn't want it to be, like, Marie Antoinette because I don't like Marie Antoinette. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> see, if you did, you would have made a better movie because uh, yeah. this yeah. is Oof. no Marie Antoinette, that's for sure. Sure, um, yes. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Vicky Creeps is good because she always is, but... yeah. I don't know. It, it's a skip for me. Yeah, I saw it as well. Um, I gave it a pretty, like, I was pretty mid on it. But then I was, like, thinking, I was like, I do think that it looks really good. And sort of gave it the edge in that regard. It is, like, a little stinker movie where it's, like, we're being, like, you know, we're playing these weird, slow songs that aren't from the time. And it's, like, yeah. trying to lean into that sort of anachronistic thing. But it's so... Um, I mean, like you're saying, it just doesn't lean in hard enough. And, like, we talked about earlier, uh, on a, I think an episode that came out earlier this week as everyone's hearing it, um, about Eugene Hernandez when we saw Titan at uh, New York. He was like, this is the most fucked up movie I've ever seen. Uh, you know, I can't believe we're showing this still. It's so gnarly. And, we, you know, the movie is, like, has its moments of that. But I was, like a bit disappointed i was expecting something more and then similarly vicky creeps comes out in like a crazy dress and she's like if you think you know what this movie's gonna be you have no idea and everyone was like whoa and then the movie's like very boring i was like oh i guess i guess so vicky yeah Um, people's jokers trick vicky creeps should be the joker i don't think it's too late to for matt reeves to change his mind (laughs) yeah uh, I always want my favorite actor to be the Joker. <laughs> um, the yeah, and that movie. Uh, did uh, did anyone see uh, Chevalier? Also, no. A similarly no. like stylish, no. not fully anachronistic, but it's like set. This guy uh, Joseph Bologna is like this. Um, Joe Bologna. Well, I know this is what the <laughs> problem with the movie is. Is like Joey a very Bologna thing where I'm like, Joey this guy's name is dead as Joey Bologna, and I just it's have like to. It's like a character watch. from an Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> but it's like about this um, black composer Bologna. who was like working under Marie Antoinette and like had been fully erased for being this radical figure, and like they destroyed all of his documents because he went so against. Uh, Marie Antoinette and like uh, you know the whatever monarchy at the time and uh, so they like destroyed all these documents and only recently have scholars like found it and it's like that's an interesting story you know Kelvin Harrison Jr. is playing this guy they do the bit where everyone is French but they're speaking just with English accents and at one point a character speaking a different language and they're like no 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 you gotta speak French like the rest of us <laughs> and it's like no one's speaking French um, you get like I think it's like Samara Weaving plays somebody, the actress Lucy Boynton plays Marie Antoinette, and they all sort of like look the same. Um, and it's like uh, stylish in a way that I 
keep describing it is that it looks like the Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes movies where the camera's like constantly spinning around these like characters and it like opens with him having a violin duel with Mozart <laughs> and it's like get bits it's pretty boring it's not very good but I just kept thinking the whole time I'm like this guy's name is Joey Baloney I can't <laughs> Put that on Letterboxd if I hate the movie. It'll make me look like such an asshole. Um, but his name is Joseph Bologna, and it's Joey Bologna, um, which is really crazy. Speaking uh, just very quickly that about, like... That like a cool story, though. Like, well, yeah, I mean, that's yes, also the yeah, thing. Yeah. It sort of squanders its, like, this should be good. should have called the Ballad good. of Joey Bologna. I mean, truly. Give it some mustard. <laughs> like, put a little something in there. Um... It's it is quite bland and boring, um, but yeah, like, like a similar thing. It's not a movie like, you really want to take a bite out of. <laughs> sure, yes, <laughs> it's yeah, it's more like I don't know, cooked ham than bologna. I don't know what the weaker sort of bland version of bologna is, um, but it was just a thing of like that is distracting me the whole time. I'm thinking Joey Bologna. Uh, I don't know how much we'll talk about this later in our coverage but i saw the new hong sang Soo movie walk up and at the beginning of the movie a guy walks in sits pretty much in front of me and he's wearing the jacket from drive <laughs> the satin white jacket with the gold scorpion and i could not think of anything else <laughs> during the movie i was like this guy is real he's wearing this jacket in front of me <laughs> and mr then, drive is here <laughs> he got up and left me. halfway through because <laughs> i was like i was like i want to see the jacket and like the light <laughs> and then like later on and that night i was like at the whatever it's like burgers and fries forever it's like this restaurant nearby the life like in between lightbox and scotia bank and i was just like grabbing his quick food and he walked in and i was like holy shit it's the guy with the drive jacket <laughs> it's the driver and, uh, he's here <laughs> yeah and then uh you know that aside it was just like i couldn't stop thinking of joey bologna i couldn't stop thinking of the drive jacket um <laughs> Is there anything Thank else? You for uh, passing your sickness along, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, look, if you all watch Chevalier whenever it comes out, because it's like a searchlight movie, so it'll be out oh, by shit. the end of the year. Um, just remember that his name is Joey Baloney. Um, but yeah, but was there uh, anything else that you all saw that we need to give give praise to? I mean, Decision to Leave is very, very good. Yeah, I was just going to bring that one up. I really liked that one. Like, yeah, it, like a real movie. Yeah, every every director gets to make their vertigo. You mm-hmm. know why not? It's great. Yeah. What could go wrong? And I loved it. I, I haven't seen yeah. it yet. I gotta yeah, see it's it. Good. Yeah. Uh, um, broker, broker also good. Broker. Sure, sure. Broker. Broker dares to ask, "What if not all tr- human traffickers are bad?" <laughs> 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 yeah, Did y'all see uh, yeah. Saint Omer? Uh, Saint Omer is really good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. That. I really like that one. Yeah, that that is definitely like that. It is like a lot of the best movies that were at TIFF were just Venice movies because that's really good. Eternal Daughter yeah. is really good. Uh, yeah, no, I really like Saint Omer. I think just like very good approach to like a courtroom drama that like I haven't uh-huh. really seen something like that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it it does like there there is like I. 10 20 minute long stretches probably just of testimony from a single mm-hmm. person it's very it's it's fairly audacious i thought uh, and then yeah. also the uh the self-reflexive element of kind of uh, you know the the director alice diop was at this trial it sounded like from the q a and so she mm-hmm. has this character who is writing a book based on it and that also is really 
just the way that she is affected by it and there's a moment between the two characters towards the end uh and yeah i mean like the it sounds like it sounds like the way it is like playing for French people is very different because that that trial was like very very famous in France and I would, mm. of course I'd never heard about it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just books. yeah, it's yeah, yeah. No, there's there's kind of a moment where again I don't want to like spoilers, but like spoilers for a movie like this. Yeah, you like right. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> there's like a moment where the the main character who's like been observing the trial kind of has this moment of speaking about like in studying it where her interest was lying or where her investment was lying and who she was thinking of and who she wasn't thinking of and I don't know just that moment I found to be like one of the most moving scenes I've uh, watched in a movie this year um also fun fact about me is I have a bit of a lifelong devotion to the idea that courtroom dramas should devote time to jury selection I think it can be so interesting. I, they, I, it's one of those these things that, like, mm-hmm. TV shows, movies, they don't do. And ever since I watched Murder One when I was a kid and they did this, I was like, this is great. This can be <laughs> super compelling. And it's not, like, a huge part of saying yeah. that, but there's, like, a brief part where they do jury selection and it kind of, there's little things that kind of clue you into, like, who, uh-huh. who is this side? What are they yep. looking for in a juror? Yep. Why are like why is the prosecution dismissing this person? Why is the defense the, dismissing this person? And it's one of those like very small things that just kind of immediately sets the tone for what kind of society this takes place in uh-huh. and what the assumptions are about where sympathy lies. And yeah, it's not like a pronounced yeah. thing, but uh, yeah, once I heard the words jury selection, I like leaned forward in my chair and I was mm-hmm. like, yes. Yes. Yeah, because it it's is... just I don't know. It's such an underrated part of like courtroom drama potential and like procedurals yeah. and yeah, I yeah. Like great. that's Include great. It. There, it is also a movie in terms of how it sort of positions you. Like it, it is a movie that starts with one of the with the main character giving a lecture about Marguerite Dura, and it's like yeah, that positions you for what this movie's gonna be. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I I really liked it. Overall, pretty good year for Tiff. Like I do, I felt I felt good about it as well. Yeah. What was your um? What was your favorite of the fest that you saw? Was it Fableman's? Uh, if, if the Kingdom counts as movie, then sure, sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. If not, yeah. then Fableman's or Banshees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you said yours yet, Jesse? I know we haven't really talked about it. Oh, it, it's Eternal Daughter. Yeah, same. I mean, yeah. So <laughs> Eternal Daughter is like the first movie this year to like. I made a bold claim when I saw Benediction. I was like, I'd be very surprised if I saw a movie better than Benediction for the rest of the year. And Eternal Daughter was the first thing that got close. Um, yeah. But it's incredible. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about, about it, it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, yeah. Um, I was supposed to see Eternal Daughter, but I went to bed instead. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. I missed... One of the things that I was most excited for, I know... Um, I think you, Anna, didn't really like it. I saw on Letterboxd, but I was very hyped for the new Mia Hansen Love, and it came after a 10 p.m. screening of Strictly Ballroom, hmm. so I did not go that morning to see it. <laughs> um, I, I think it's worth watching. There's kind of, like, yeah. two so- two aspects of the main story in the film, uh-huh. and I think one half is incredibly strong and incredibly well written and does some really just really well executed like ideas that we've kind of seen other stuff but not quite like this and i don't know just wonderful wonderful 
and then the other half i'm just like Ooh, this is not as compelling like it's just kind of like very again kind of tedious just kind of feels like it's rehashing other ideas she's done before and so it just kind of i don't know it it yeah it, yeah 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 it took the wind yeah. out of the sails a little bit because you have half of it sure. that's so good and half of it that it's just like can we get back to the other stuff so it just kind of <laughs> sure yeah yeah I, it's not I've bad like i still yeah. i don't i i like me and handsome love in general that like even half a good movie from her is still worth it for me, but sure, yeah. Yeah. it's no Bergman yeah. Island. Let's put it that way. Oh, yeah, I okay. think it's much better than Bergman Island. Wow. I don't really like oh. that movie, but, but I, I talked about it on our episode yesterday. I, but I, I, I do think it's quite good, though I agree that one of the segments, or one of the halves of it that it's cutting between yeah. is stronger than the other. Though, I don't know. I mean, there's stuff that isn't like that. Like, there's really good stuff with, say, Do and her daughter. There's, like, a bit uh, where her daughter keeps being like, you don't have to tell me that every movie that I like sucks because you think you're smarter than me. Uh, Like, they go see Frozen 2, and her daughter's like, you can just not talk about it if you don't like it. (laughs) Yeah, the daughter's like, let people enjoy things. No, li- truly, <laughs> almost word for word, yes. Sure, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, go off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think with that... I know this is not a visual medium, but I feel like I'm being swallowed by a black Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the darkest level was here when we started, and now it's up here. Oh, oh no. All right. Shall we? <laughs> well... Uh, with that, uh, is there anything else that uh, you two'd like to plug? Uh, we're over at Film School Rejects, about to have our thirty-one days of horror lists in October. Wow. One, one new top. I think it's the fifth or sixth year we're doing it. It's one top ten horror themed list every single day for the month of October, and Anna and I are contributing to it, and it's always fun and always very silly. Um, there's some good stuff coming, so. Always exciting. Uh-huh. Yeah. That time of year. Yeah. That time of year, baby. <laughs> yeah. All right. If you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, you can do so at Can I Kick It. If you want to follow us on Letterboxd or Instagram, you can do it at C-I-K-I Pod. If you'd like to donate any money to us, you can do so at coffee.com slash can I, ko-fi.com slash C-A-N-N-E-S-I. If you have any questions or comments you'd like to email us in you can do that at can i kick it pod at gmail.com and if you want to follow any of us on twitter andy is at andy t germ i'm at Cladley. emilio is i'm laugh alone and jesse is jcp glake weber with two b's and i will now release our audience bye bye